Welcome to another Sports Central. I'm Rick Drewer. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, how did you go at the Melbourne Cup? Did you uh, pocket oh, big th big money? No, but I got so excited. I was here with you, and I, I, my horse. I thought it was my horse getting over the line, and didn't the jockey have his foot on the number, t the other number two? It was number twenty-two. I thought two had won it. You had money on number no, two. No, I didn't have money I, on the sweep. <laughs> right. that's all, that's about all I you, can do. You're right. You did get excited. I was excited. A, his leg was in the wrong place. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Devastated, uh, but anyway. Actually, it was a good race, I reckon. Not, I'm not heavily into uh, horse racing either, but um, uh, it was a great finish between Re Kingling and uh, Johannes Vermeer, um, with, of course, uh, the owner uh, led again, uh, Lloyd Williams. He, he, I, I think he just basically turns up to pick up the, the Winners' Cup each year. He's, I think that's the sixth time he's won or something. And you got an interesting stat of the first 13 horses. First 13 horses, all from overseas. So, Unbelievable. Well, I guess it goes to show what money can do. When the money prize is big enough, they'll come from everywhere to try and win it. So uh, probably the days where uh, we're likely to see an, an Aussie-trained, Aussie-owned horse win uh, are going to be few and far between, I reckon. But there you go. Mm, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Hey, and you were talking to someone, weren't you, about the Melbourne Cup there oh, the oh, other day? I was. I was. Um, he wanted me to to uh, take the winner of the Melbourne Cup. And did you? No, I told him we've only got a small backyard. <laughs> oh, no. And, oh, wow. And while we're, while, while we're on uh, horses, just before we uh, change uh, tax, as it were, um, tell me, do you know why did the horse cross the road? No. Because he heard that someone yelled out, hey. <laughs> <laughs> They don't get any better, oh, well, do they? They're, really? not, they're not getting any they're better. They're not getting any better. I'm, I'm still laughing, but I don't know why. <laughs> well, before we finish, um, sensational uh, happenings at Port Lincoln uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. He punched the horse in the ribs or he, something, he? Didn't did. He? Evidently, the horse was playing up and, and didn't want to behave itself, and uh, the young apprentice um, decided that the best way to tackle the problem was to punch it, and, uh, gee, it's created a bit of... Uh, a bit of uh, conversation around Australia, as it were. Um, obviously, he shouldn't have done it. Um, I wonder when you've got a 500 kilogram animal versus a 50 kilogram man whether the punch would have done a no, lot of harm. But probably didn't. But it's not a good look for I, the whole, whole thing. And that's the whole that's thing. A, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, at this time of the year, every year up come the, uh, as it were, the do-gooders and talk about the fact that uh, whips shouldn't be used and whatever. Um, there are actual laws within racing that a jockey can only hit a horse with the whip uh, a certain number of times in the last uh, portion of the race, else they get fined. And in fact, that's carried out and looked at, at very strongly. But um, punching, probably it, it's the look, as you've said. Yeah. Racing doesn't need, there's enough controversy over whether racing should be a go or not and it probably doesn't need that to have happened. Um, so what, they have somebody in the stand counting the hits of the whip. Oh, well, what or they do what, is... How does that well, work? Well, the, the officials, I, whether they actually physically count them or immediately look at the replay and... and oh, OK, and you can be probably, um, you know, put out the race then, or, you know, if you've won the race and you've had 10 extra hits of the whip, well, then you well, I disqualified. Well, I don't think they disqualify the result, which is a bit of a joke, really. I think they just fine the jockey for oh, okay. overuse of the whip. Yep. 
So, okay. um, so they do make attempts to draw, draw it or make it look reasonable, but um, it, it's there's hardly you know a week goes by that some jockey isn't fine for overuse of the whip. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't really follow horse racing. Mm. It's it's not my forte, but uh, anyway. Well, and the chef, the round of Sheffield Chill was quite oh, interesting. The old Redbacks, almost. Hey, couldn't they, get those last couple. No. It's always very difficult when you're on a reasonable track. Um, where to try and get a result, which is the be-all and end-all, when you've got to juggle declaring to give yourself, A, you've got to get enough runs to make sure you don't get overrun, but on the other hand, you've got to declare with leaving yourself enough time to try and mm. bowl them out. And, you know, there's no formula for that. And the fact is that uh, they missed out by a couple of wickets. Now, you know, it might have gone 10 minutes and they might have got those, or it might have gone another five hours and they still wouldn't have got them. Who knows? But and then they said at one stage that they were almost going to make the runs there too. I mean, were. there was a chance and then they lost a couple of wickets and then, of course, the run rate goes down. And, yep. and that's exactly yeah. what did happen. I mean, Victoria at one stage looked comfortable. Uh, the, the run rate was only roughly four and over, if I remember correctly, and they had wickets in hand. But it's the old story of the beauty or the the strangeness of cricket that you can be you know cantering one moment and you lose mm. three wickets in six overs and all of a sudden it's a different ball game but uh, what about the two south australian guys a chance to make the australian side fergie and uh young lehman well the if you read the papers or you at least you read the south australian papers they're a chance to make the australian side um, it was really quite, um, I guess, great for Callum Ferguson playing in his 100th Sheffield Shield game. He's only one of seven South Australians ever to have got to 100 How Sheffield Shield play? games. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. To Naughty. Be <laughs> but um, he only, he's actually not had the most successful last year or this year. A bit inconsistent, isn't he? he? He either makes a really big score or none at all. Yeah. But in his, you know, like he's made four in the first dig and then 182 not out in the second. So good luck to him. Jake Lehman, 103 and 93. Um, now, you know, two weeks ago, I think we discussed that the press, particularly uh, the advertiser press and particularly Richard Earl, was writing up Travis Head that he was a shoe in to uh, get the sixth spot in the test. Now he reckons it's between Callum Ferguson and... Uh, Jake Lehman, but uh, I don't think, you know, if, if you look at what Australian selectors do, they're going to be conservative. And although Lehman's made a lot more runs than Head, and certainly I don't think Ferguson's in contention at all, I don't think um, Lehman's will get the nod, and he's probably not ready for it yet. Fergie was probably unlucky. Was it last year he came in and he, he made a duck and... And not many in the in the second dig, and bang, he was gone. He, you know, he really didn't get it. You know, usually you get that second knock just to... Yes, I think but, the problem with that, if I remember correctly, is that he was run out in the first, um, and now that's, you know, probably nerves, because I think technically it was his own fault. But in the second, he really played a very ugly-looking shot when he tried to... Uh, well, he got a short pitch ball and didn't handle it all that well, and I think that was... Um, that was the beginning of the end for Fergie. You're right. I mean, you should never judge anyone on one match yeah, or two yeah. innings. But yeah, that's another match probably under his belt that time. Yeah. The other so, sensational thing, of course, was Mitch Stark yeah. with his double wow. hat trick. I don't know that. Has that's, it been done before? I don't. Well, I haven't ever heard of it being done before in the same match. But uh, I'm I'm sure there's some cricketing guru eventually well, we're coming into one. that um, Ashes 
looking pretty good, aren't we? The bowlers, anyhow. I mean, and well, the, it's an amazing series because if you look, if you look at England, they've got a very very ordinary side, um, and uh, uh, you know Joe Root and, and a couple of the others can bat, but they look very questionable. The funny thing is that here we are talking about Australia, uh, and we can't find a number six bat. Um, to bat for us, we've got probably a settled first five, but where we, I think, are going to hold a, the whip hand, as it were, Melbourne Cup, do you like that, um, mm-hmm. is our fast bowling with uh, yeah. Stark and Hazelwood and That's Co. That's our strength, isn't it? And I really can't see England handling that too well. Now, you wrote a little bit in the paper this week, too, about the, about the sixth batsman. Oh, just right. give us a quote out of that. Oh, oh, I haven't got it in front <laughs> yeah. of me. I suggested that we needn't bother about discussing who should be number six in the Australian batting side because the Englishmen are so average that we could just get stick with five <laughs> and we'd still knock them over. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll see how that goes. Well, anyway. we will. The other bit of controversy while we're still on cricket is um, that uh, uh, after the first day of the day-night game here um, between the Australian eleven and the English eleven. Uh, the Englishmen are complaining that they couldn't see the ball in the last session. Um, now, I don't know, no one's... We've played a couple of test matches in day-night and no one up till now has... Maybe they were a bit quick for them or something. We're going to switch the lights on next game. <laughs> Is that what they forgot to do? They forgot, or did we turn them off? <laughs> yeah, we switched the lights back on. Oh, there you go, eh? Dear me. Good old cricket. She's up and about. Oh, well, it definitely is. Now, what have you got for us in the local I've just got a little bit of footy goss going around. Um, Josh Glenn, um, centerman for Williston, he's about to return. He came fifth in Central's Best and Fairest this year, and he's returning to the Donnybrooks this year. Yes, well, I must confess, when I saw it, I was absolutely shocked because um, he played pretty well for... uh, the Donnies the year before last, um, and then, you know, I thought probably uh, attempting to recharge his possible AFL career after his stint with Gold Coast, that he went to Centrals and played very well mm. for them. Um, yep. and, and now to do a 360 and go back to Williston, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Yeah, it looks like the Donnies are going to go all right. They've recruited a lad from um, the Amateur League, Salisbury North, uh, name just escapes me at the moment but uh he's uh, been in there in the uh amateur league team of the year two years in a row so uh-huh. he can obviously play and also josh wildhooter coming back from uh centrals he's played 60 odd league games uh local boy um had enough of the league scene so he's coming back to the donny brooks as well all right well, um, well that's a bit yeah. a bit interesting because uh it would like it seems that, and they are recruiting well, and I think they need to because I thought Williston were very average last year, uh, and Capunda yeah, could be on the well, skids. They they got the big walkout over there. Eddie Hocking, evidently, I heard during the week, um, had been appointed assistant coach at Capunda, um, then got the job at Torrens Valley, which is Mount Ple- over Mount Pleasant in the hills, Div One, and uh, he's taken his two sons, uh, Reese and Tyrell. And uh, Dom Constanzo as well. Oh, I mean, no, he he's, a big, he's a big miss. Well, and uh, young Tyrell, well, he's Rookie of the Year this yeah. year in the local league. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I mean, I've only heard it secondhand, but I've, despite that, I have heard that there isn't a great deal of ill feeling because the understanding with his appointment was that if he got a better offer... Yeah, like they, a head coach yeah, job. That yeah. they'd let him go. Yeah. So, well, they, uh, they do that in the AFL all the time. Yeah. They, they just walk away if they're assistant. Yeah. 
they get a, a league job or a head job and away they go, you know. Um, and the, the club's usually all right with that. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's you, you, you certainly can't. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that Barossa have, have won the last two and they're very steady and, and, and uh, not much change is happening at yeah, Barossa lately, isn't it? I was actually talking to Barossa lad too during the week and that young, uh, oh, he's not young, um, one of the Stilzer twins is coming back this year as well oh. uh, and almost got Dean Cunning, but he end up co- he's gone to coach or play at Moonta. So um, so they, they were uh, definitely got Stilzer back and, and lost nobody. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so and, interesting times in the footy as and, well. Yes, and did you check out the local cricket there? Uh, yeah, there wasn't much happening this week. Greg Bain made a big 160. 160, yeah. yeah. So ex-Northern Jets, and uh, but yeah, there wasn't much happening in the in the local cricket this week. Actually, I uh, I was entertained uh, in the game that I umpired between Freeling and uh, and uh, South Gawler, um, uh, which, which, which turned into a one-day game because the uh, pitch wasn't suitable for the first day, and it was very close. Went right down to the wire, um, and and Freeling won, uh, and with hindsight, probably deserved to win. Um, South Gawler batted first and made 160 odd, and and when you reflect on that in a 40-over game, that's only four and over. And I always thought that uh, right, Freeling, if they bat out their 40 overs, will win the game. Simply, be, you know, if they'd lost wickets, of course, they wouldn't have. Mm. But they batted their 40 overs, and four and over isn't all that big no. a and they got there with yep. an over or so to spare. So um, probably justice was done, I think. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I think that's probably about it for today. Yeah, and you're off to Lincoln for the weekend? Yes, yep, yes. We'll see what we can do. Catch a couple of, you know, Barramundi oh, or something or other. I love fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, until next time, this is Rick. This is Phil.